This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to this episode of Alopecia Life. For the past two years, the month of March seems to bring an opportunity to share about very cool projects. This year, we have something that is time sensitive, and I wanted to make sure we all had an opportunity to share the project, especially before the end of March. Our guest today is Janessa St. Pierre. Janessa studied film studies at Concordia University in 2015 and then transferred to Capilano University for certification in motion picture arts in 2017. She's been working in the film industry since then, and her goal is to ground all of her stories and work in true authenticity. I'll let her share more about who she is and what her latest project is. Janessa, welcome to Alopecia Life today. Hello. Great to be here. I am really excited to share with listeners about what you have going on. It's I, I found out about you last week, and I was like, "Oh, we got to be talking about this." And um, what I'd love to do is have you share a little bit about yourself with listeners tonight. Well, hi everybody. Um, thank you so much for asking me to be on this podcast. It's been such an experience. I'm a filmmaker based in Vancouver, Canada. I'm 24 years old. I, yeah, I'm an emerging filmmaker. This is my first short film that I'm making, and it's about alopecia. It's called Hair or No Hair, and that's probably what we're going to be speaking most about, but honestly, the project is so personal, so I'm just happy to be talking to another alopecian about (laughs) the experience. Yeah, well, I would love to have you share a little bit about your own personal journey when you were diagnosed with alopecia areata? Yeah. So for me, it was, it was at the end of around 2014, 15 is when it, I guess, fully started for most of my life. I'm a black woman. So for most of my life, I had super curly hair and I lived in a predominantly white area. So I grew up not really loving my hair which is a whole other thing. Mm. But um, when I was around 17, I started to do box braids and I started to get more comfortable with doing my hair. But that's when I started to notice my first spots. I thought they were just braids that have fallen out, but I was Mm. wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I was completely ignorant to what alopecia was prior to that experience. So it was super scary at first. Because I was so ignorant, I really just thought it was a braid. (laughs) It got yanked out for some reason, and I didn't really think anything of it. So I didn't really do anything for a long time, honestly. Mm -hmm. I just thought that it would grow back. But then I realized that I was starting to get more spots, more spots. And that's when I first started, you know, got my diagnosis that, hey, there's this thing called alopecia. So that is when it really all started in 2015. And for a couple of years, it was me hiding behind wigs and 
really thinking that I could fix, quote unquote, myself. Mm. And of course, I went through, you know, it's hard. It's like really dark times mm-hmm. <laughs> at the beginning there of really not knowing who you are. But yeah, and like the journey, I guess, started. Uh, I shaved my head at like the end of 2016. And I was like, yeah, I just want to do this. And mm-hmm. I actually went through the phase of Arieta, but then into Totalis and then into Universalis. Mm-hmm. So I actually have gone through all the stages of alopecia but right now I have just hair random places Um, (laughs) it's always fun isn't it (laughs) yeah as that as as that can be and yeah I guess yeah the journey I, I have this thing that I like to say that I don't think that it will ever end but Mm-hmm. Like I remember when it started and it really was around that time for me. Mm-hmm. So what did you think kind of helped you get to the point where there's always a point where you want to shave, right? And and you said in 2016, that's when it happened. Was there something that kind of made you do it or just kind of convinced you it would be a good time? Uh, yeah, I guess it was what's actually in the script of my story it's like I've talked with a lot of other people who have alopecia too it's like this sense of shame I Mm -hmm. guess that you Mm -hmm. carry around and you get to a point where you're like I actually don't think I could survive if I keep going on like this (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what it was for me I really got to the point where I was like I I can't keep going on like the way that I was going on. Like I was just so, so, so insecure and letting so much outside things get to me. And yeah, it took like, yeah, talking to a counselor and all of that to really get to the point of like, I can do this. And I was holding on to my hair, but I really didn't have much left. So mm-hmm. there was a time where I just looked in the mirror and I was like, you know what? Let's just do it now. Yeah. (laughs) It was super spontaneous. Yeah. And did you have, did it have the desired result? I mean, a lot of people shave and they go, oh my gosh, why did I do that? Or, yeah, yeah, I mean, but other people are like, yeah, this is the best thing ever. For me, it was kind of both. It was so much, you know, like it's the thing about this alopecia, like it's just so many feelings at the same time, Mm -hmm. all the time. It was relief. But it was also scary, scared. Like I was scared still. Mm-hmm. I was scared of this new journey, I guess. But there also was so much like weight off my shoulders, so mm-hmm. much shame that I felt that was alleviated. But yeah, it was a scary thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. it's shocking after, right? I think mm-hmm. I was very like, didn't recognize myself in the mirror. (laughs) Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think so many times, you know, especially when our hair is first falling out, you, you avoid the mirror, right? You're like, I don't want to look at that. What's going on. And Mm -hmm. then after seeing yourself smooth like that, after you've shaved, you're like, wow, this is, this is who I am, you know, under, underneath it all. Right. And it kind of starts to um, show you different pieces of yourself. Totally. That's like what I think the beautiful aspect of it is, is like once 
I did shave my head, that's when I started to realize, oh my God, like mm-hmm. there are so many parts of myself that I need to <laughs> say hello to. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, I I remember the first time I posted on social media and one of my really good friends said to me, you know, Deanne, I never realized how really beautiful your ears are. <laughs> and I, I kind of cracked up because that was something that you just never think about, right? You just kind of go, oh, well, I never saw them before. I never paid attention. And, and even now I don't pay attention, even though I'm completely bald. But I just thought, gosh, other people can also see things about you in your features. But it's like, it, it goes much deeper than that. And I think that that's what we're going to talk about a little bit more now is really how did that experience morph into, you know, making this short film, really? Well, I've always been like a avid movie watcher ever since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Me and my family always went to the movies and it's always been a dream of mine to work in the film industry at some capacity. So even before alopecia, I knew that <laughs> I wanted to tell stories. Mm-hmm. And I'm really passionate about telling stories that center Black women and non-men because I don't find that a lot of the time we don't get to tell our own stories in authentic and genuine ways <laughs> with mm-hmm. main characters that are complex and shown with a lot of humanity mm-hmm. so with all of that passion that I have within that that's kind of where this story came to be it was one of the first scripts I wrote when I finished film school and of course I was dealing with alopecia at the time mm-hmm. like right when I was going through film school actually is when I was wearing wigs and covering and feeling uncomfortable around classmates and having that all happen at the same time right. as going to like my first university experiences and classes. Right. So that was all difficult for me. But yeah, the script really came from me not really seeing our experience out there. I just thought, I don't think I've actually seen anything. Like I actually haven't. I haven't seen a character mm-hmm. really that is like a woman who has alopecia. Right. Um, you know, like I just haven't, have you? No. And that's, that's the thing, right? I mean, even if we do see female characters with alopecia, they're playing villainous type, yep. you know, they're, they're like mm-hmm. zombies, they're yep. whatever. And so it, it's not really, yeah, sort. right. They're not even seen in a real positive light. They're not an actual, like, mom in a mm-hmm. carpool, you know, yeah. <laughs> <Something that laughs> and yeah. And, and I think that there's so many great examples of people and there are actors and actresses that, that are bald, but they're, yes. you know, that we want them to put a wig on. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's not, we, not me and you, mm-hmm. we, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, we, I know. There, yeah. Um, to make things more comfortable for people. And, I found out that, and this is talking about a male character, but like on the latest Spider-Man movie, the best friend actually has alopecia universalis and in the movie he wears a wig. And, and I was like, well, yeah, I didn't know that either. And so I reached out to him. I haven't heard back yet. It's going to happen though. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But I thought, isn't that interesting? Why could he have not just 
lived as yeah. his character with um as a bald young man, right? I mean yeah. he he did appear younger, I will say that, with hair, but I mean he's already older than his real character. Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, there's definitely we we have a long way to go for sure. Yeah. And I love that you kind of want to jump in and show this to people and say, yeah, let's let's talk about this. And as far as a short film, it, is it a documentary or is it a storyline? Yeah, it's a narrative based drama. Okay. <laughs> it will have it will be a little bit like com comical, but I think only for like people really who have alopecia. We'll get the <laughs> we'll get the we'll get the things. <laughs> but that's kind of what I'm hoping for as well. It's like just something for us and but also something for everyone to see. Alopecia is so it's just it's it's a mind screw. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for people to see like that insecurities that people are so fearful, like people are fearful of of balding, mm-hmm. of baldness in general. And like to see people overcome those fears, whether or not it's our choice, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be, I hope that it's empowering, not just for people who have alopecia, but for people like in general who have just insecurities because everybody Mm -hmm. does. (laughs) Right. Right. And like, maybe if we just all stopped caring so much about what people looked like, then we would all alleviate some of this shame. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. I think that, that our situation is only unique in the way that, that not a huge population of people understand it and, and have seen it or experienced it, but it's not that much different than feeling different with Mm -hmm. anything else. So yeah, I think that as a population, we can definitely all agree that that those messages are great and learning more about individual experiences is really important. Absolutely. So how does this all work? Have you started filming yet? So the whole project is going through this thing here in Canada, specifically British Columbia called Story Hive, TELUS Story Hive. So TELUS has a bunch of streaming services here and they basically have a bunch of money to give to filmmakers that want to make films, Mm -hmm. uh, which is incredible um, with the help of partners like the Black Screen Office here in Canada. So they pulled up a bunch of funds to give filmmakers and I was one of them. And so over the process of this year, I'm making the film. So we're in pre-development right now, and we're probably going to be shooting early July, and it will be finished by February of next year and ready to watch. So all happening very quickly, and it will all be done in a timely manner, which is kind of great for me because I I do want people to see this. Like, How does that work once it's done? Do you start to kind of promote it to film festivals and things like that? Is that always kind of the end goal? Well, what's really great with this program is that they're actually giving us mentorship along the way and distribution. So yeah, so it's going to be played here in Canada on TELUS Optic streaming services for everyone to be able to watch. Gosh, that's awesome. Um, And as well as on their YouTube and social medias. So it's going to be out there for people to watch. And then after they post it, I'm going to be able to post it as well on, on all of my channels, on my social media, 
on the website, uh, hairnohair.com. And it will be available for, for people to watch. And yeah, I mean, I want to try to get it to film festivals, but I think the really the end goal is for people to see it and for that representation to be out there. <laughs> that it sounds super exciting. I can I can just kind of feel like you're like, oh, it's just, you know, the beginning mm-hmm. stages, but you you also you're doing some crowdfunding, right? Because it it costs money. It's like this the project itself needs to be funded, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So tell us about that a little bit. Thank you for mm-hmm. yeah, sharing that. Yeah, it's really important to me as a black woman in film in general to bring on other women who want to work behind the camera as my crew and women of color and black women in particular. And I want to be able to pay them and a wage that's appropriate. Cause I know that for me, when I first started out, there's as much as people say, like, that's just the business. I'm like, well, maybe we can create ways that that doesn't just have to be the business. Yeah. I love <laughs> and maybe that. there, maybe there could just be some new ways. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. I'm just trying to put the work in to do that for the people that are coming on to work for me. I really just want to do that for them. So yeah, I have a crowdfunding page on Seed and Spark. It's just hair or no hair at Seed and Spark. Uh, dot com. The link is also on the website. Okay. Hair or no hair. Perfect. Um, yeah. And we will put that in the show notes and everything. So I'm curious, do you already have a team of people that you have that are interested in the project and that you have kind of had your eye on? Yeah. My producer actually, who is on board with me is a black woman herself. Her name is Adele. She owns her own company called Adele Productions here in Vancouver it's a very new production company. She made a documentary about her upbringing and herself also with Story Hide, mm-hmm. the same company that gave me the grant as well. So Fantastic. she knows them and is helping me facilitate those conversations. And we're kind of just in the early stages. So I have definitely have people in mind. Like I went to film school with some incredible filmmakers that I know that I mm-hmm. want to work with that, you know, they're, they're my squad. And (laughs) I just, I really want to be able to do that. But there's also some like great talents here in Vancouver of people that I've worked with, like just over the years as like an art director on commercials and very independent projects that are really great. There's this production company here called Boldly and they're helping us out a lot, which I cannot be more grateful for. So we're getting a lot of support, which I'm really happy, but I'm, this is like the early stage. I haven't, I'm not very good at social media with like posting. <laughs> so this is really great that I could like get it out there because it's hard for me to reach a really large amount of people. <laughs> yeah. So what, is there a deadline for your crowdfunding? Yes, it ends on March 30th. So we're okay. really trying to get the funds in by then. And we really appreciate anything and all of the shares, all of the shares really help. (laughs) Awesome. As a community, we are extremely supportive of each other. And so I'm hoping that just having you on and talking about your project will be a good way to get people familiar with you and, and what you're doing. I'm really excited about all of it. Thank you so much. I'm excited to just, yeah, talk 
to like, it's so cool that there's just podcasts now. Like <laughs> I really don't feel like I literally think about us just like flourishing. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't know if it's because I'm more open or if it's like, it's all happening now, but it's like, I just love to see it. I just like, I want Fantastic. more. And it's so nice to like build community too, because mm-hmm. like, that's honestly, that's why I'm doing this project is for literally every alopecia that I've met and in real life or online has changed my life in some way. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to do this for everyone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love that you're being part of the change because that's the important piece of it. Do something with your experience for sure. So when people are looking for you on social media, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram. I'm pretty active. Janessa St. Pierre, J-A-N-E-S-S-A-S-T-P-I-E-R-R-E. You can also find hair, no hair on Instagram at hair period or no hair. You could also find our website, hairnohair.com with all the information about the project and there'll be updates on there as well. And yeah, I just really, really appreciate this. <laughs> but I'm excited to see what kind of response you get and also just excited for your project. I, I know you'll succeed. It's going to be amazing. And I'd love to kind of check back in with you, maybe you know, at the end of the year or maybe in the fall and kind of see where things are. Awesome. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So thanks so much for being here, Janessa. I really appreciate it. I appreciate this conversation and this this new connection. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode with Janessa St. Pierre. Her link tree is listed here to find her website, the crowdfunding project, and much more. Supporting a project like this continues to help raise awareness for the alopecia community as a whole. If you're able, I know she would appreciate any support you're able to provide. Keep in touch and follow her on social to see how the project is progressing. All of those links have been provided here in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts.